Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, Out of the Eater Came Forth Meat, and Out of the Strong Came Forth Sweetness. It shall be focused on the study of Judges chapter 14. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for Samson and how he had confidence in your word and your anointing that came upon him to accomplish the works that you had set forth for him. We know that in and of ourselves, we cannot accomplish anything, but we know that with your Holy Spirit in us, you said, the works that I do shall ye do also, because you knew that you would be in us accomplishing the same. Help us to yield ourselves completely to you for service. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Judges chapter 14. Chapter 14. And Samson went down to Timnath, and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother, and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleaseth me well. But his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord, that he sought an occasion against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Then went Samson down, and his father and his mother, to Timnath and came to the vineyards of Timnath. And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he rent him as he would have rent a kid, and he had nothing in his hand. But he told not his father or his mother what he had done. And he went down and talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after a time he returned to take her, and he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands, and went on eating. And came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. But he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So his father went down unto the woman, and Samson made there a feast, for so used the young men to do. And it came to pass, when they saw him, that they brought thirty companions to be with him. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you. If ye can certainly declare it me within the seven days of the feast, and find it out, then I will give you thirty sheets and thirty change of garments. But if ye cannot declare it me, then shall ye give me thirty sheets and thirty change of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle, that we may hear it. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. And it came to pass on the seventh day that they said unto Samson's wife, Entice thy husband, that he may declare unto us the riddle, lest we burn thee and thy father's house with fire. Have ye called us to take that we have? Is it not so? And Samson's wife wept before him, and said, Thou dost but hate me, and lovest me not. Thou hast put forth a riddle unto the children of my people, and hast not told it me. And he said unto her, Behold, I have not told it my father nor my mother, and shall I tell it thee? And she wept before him the seven days while their feast lasted. And it came to pass on the seventh day that he told her, because she lay sore upon him, 
And she told the riddle to the children of her people. And the men of the city said unto him on the seventh day before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey? And what is stronger than a lion? And he said unto them, If ye had not plowed with my heifer, ye had not found out my riddle. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And he went down to Ashkelon, and slew thirty men of them, and took their spoil, and gave change of garments unto them which expounded the riddle. And his anger was kindled, and he went up to his father's house. But Samson's wife was given to his companion, whom he had used as his friend. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham, titled, A Paradox. This was preached in 1963, on August the 1st. It will begin in paragraph 82, up to paragraph 104. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Moses, a great military man who tried to deliver Israel and didn't do it. He wanted to destroy the Egyptians. He destroyed one man and he got in trouble over it, doing it in his own will. But then he took a stick, an old dry stick off of the desert and slew a whole army. Hey, that ain't a paradox. I don't know why. When he struck that stick over the sea and called for the sea to close, and he drowned each of a whole nation at one time by a stick in his hand. It was a paradox how he led Israel through the wilderness and for 40 years, and when they come out, there wasn't a feeble person among them. That's a paradox. Yes, sir. What a great man it was. What God did for him because he believed God. It was a paradox. Yes, sir. It was a paradox when God chose one little man by the name of Micah before 400 well-trained prophets of Israel because this man was willing to stay with the word of God when all opposition was against him. When the 400 said, by Go on up, he said to Ahab and Jehoshaphat. Go on up, the Lord is with you. We just got the revelation. The Lord is with you. Go up, you'll push them plumb off of our land because it's ours. God gave it to us. Joshua divided up the lands, and this belongs to us. And there's the Philistines up there eating corn off of our fields. Why, it's no more than reason. Our revelation is right. Then how God chose a little man like Micah. They couldn't even get into the association. But he come up there with the word of the Lord. And he said, Go on! But I've seen Israel scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Amen. It was a paradox how God would stand a little bitty unnoticed fella out there in the midst of a whole great big 400 group of prophets, of Israelite prophets, Jewish prophets, standing there prophesying falsely. How did Micah know he was right? Because he was right with the word. Elijah said the same thing would happen. How could he bless what God had cursed? It was a paradox, but God made it come to pass. Certainly was. It was a paradox when a little bitty sissy looking boy with seven little locks of hair hanging down his head, maybe a bull ribbon in it for all I know, like a little bitty sissy. His name was Samson. And when a lion, about a 500 pound maybe lion, roared and come against him, and he took his hands and tore that lion apart. Well, watch what happened. The Spirit of the Lord come on him first. That's what causes a paradox. That's what a paradox like that would set this arena fire tonight for the glory of God. If the Lord of the Lord could be permitted to come upon the people, and they would. A paradox.
paradox indeed. Yes, when Samson slew that lion with his bare hands, pulled him apart, a little bitty sissy sort of a boy with seven little locks of hair hanging down his back. It was a paradox when he took the jawbone of that mule and beat in a thousand Philistines' heads. When that big helmets, big coats of nail on, brass weighing probably a hundred pounds or close to it, big shields and so forth, spears, well-trained man, and a helmet about an inch and a half thick out of brass come down and turn up just her faces. And Samson stood there with this jawbone of the mule, been laying out there maybe for 40, 50 years. On the desert, dry, or one lick against a piece of steel like that would have shattered it into a million pieces. But he stood there. That's the only thing. He was commissioned to fight and to take that country out. He was raised up and born to slay that nation. If the church could only realize what you're the Pentecostal church could only realize what you're here for. What's your representation? Why did you come out of these things to be what you are? what he was born for. He knew where he stood. The thing he had in his hand made no difference. He stood there and his old Philistines come and that powerful lick of that little shrimp standing up on a rock to reach top of their heads when they were up there and knocked one more and one the other and there laid a thousand of them laying dead in there. It was a paradox how that mule's jaw held together. It was a paradox how that little piece of brittle bone would break through those instant helmets of brass and slay those Philistines. A thousand of them still stood there within his hand, just as good as it was when he picked it up. It was a paradox. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still the same God. And any man has been called to take the word of God. God will stand by if he don't be a coward. Samson could have run, but he didn't do it. Ryan, it was a paradox when God called John the Baptist, the son of a priest, out of a great school of priests, a great seminary. Why didn't that follow? Which it was customary that man followed the tradition of their fathers. Why? It was a paradox when God took John to the wilderness to tell him what the Messiah would be, to tell him what the sign of the Messiah would be, how he would know it. Instead of going to school to learn what the Messiah would be, God took him to the wilderness to tell him what the Messiah would be. It's quite a paradox to them people in that day. Yes, when the virgin birth came on, that was a paradox. How that God, in order to make himself known to man, became man. How that God, the great spirit, God to me was before there was even a light. There wasn't a meter. There wasn't a, uh, a atom. There wasn't a molecule. There, there, there wasn't anything. And everything was God. Yes, that's how great he is. He's from eternity through eternity. He always was God. He always will be God. And how the greatest of all life become a little small germ in the womb of a woman in order to take his own law, to pay the penalty of his law death. How God was manifested in the flesh. How the great God of heaven Changed his stream, come from being God to be man through the virgin birth. Nobody can figure it out. Science today can't tell you how that virgin birth was. But God did it. He came. No one was able. Everyone was sexually born. Like the red. One man is the same as the rest of them. No one could help the other. We was all in trouble. 
And then God himself came down and was born not of a Jew, not of a Gentile, but his blood was God. Blood comes from the male sex. In this case, it was God. God the Creator created the blood cell in the womb of Mary and built himself a tabernacle that himself come down and lived in it. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. The very word Christ means the anointed one. God in his fullness dwelt in him. Amen. And in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That was a paradox. It staggered people them days. You being a man, make yourself God. It still does it. But just the same, it's still the same paradox that's carried on. He was God. He's still God. He always will be God. Yes, sir. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, sir. That virgin birth was a mystery to the people. They couldn't understand it. Just like the new birth is today. The new birth is a mystery to the people. They can't understand it. They don't know what you mean. They have belittled it. Bring it down saying, well, just because you believe something, the devils believe the same thing and tremble. It isn't what you believe. It's what God has actually done. The new birth is a birth. It was a new, it was a paradox when God brought new life to the human race. To reject it is eternal separation. To receive it is eternal life. You have, you're on the same basis that Adam and Eve was. You can take if God puts you on anything else, it would be unjust to Adam and Eve. Each Adam and Eve tonight has got the right and wrong standing before him. You can make your choice. You can take God's word or leave God's word. You can take God's word or take your denominational creeds about it. Yeah. Take your modernistic ideas of what it is. You can be born again and filled with the Holy Ghost or you can be church eyes. Either one you want to be. For me to live is Christ. Hallelujah. I believe that I'm saying God. And fell on the day of Pentecost upon his church as a pillar of fire and divided himself with cloven tongues among his people. His chair tonight is the same God he was then. He is today with the same I know it's a paradox. It cannot be explained. Emotion, screaming, crying, and so forth cannot be explained. But it's a paradox how God does it. It's the unseen God dwelling in the human heart, making himself visible by vindicating his word that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is a paradox on a carpenter's son. By the name of Jesus of Nazareth, took up five little biscuits and two fish and fed 5,000 people. If it isn't, I want to see somebody do it today. I want you to explain to me what kind of an Adam he let loose. What did he do? Not only the fish, but the fish was grown, the fish was scaled, the fish was clean, the fish was cooked, the fish was whatever it was, and the bread was planted and grown and all of it bypassed. And God turned it from from cooked fish to cooked fish. He just growed it out. He broke it off. He growed it out. He broke it off. He growed it out till he fed five thousand. What does that routine mean? Break it off. Grow it out. Break it off. Grow it out. Feed. Grow it out. That means he's the same yesterday, today, forever. He's the same God. He's still the bread of life to any man that's hungry. can't exhaust his goodness. They say we have no need for miracles, no need for paradox. He's waiting. That's his program. That's what he is. He's the same yesterday and forever. He's waiting for you to reach up and take your potion. Are you scared to do it? Would you rather go down to the river and fish out a fish and try to cook it and fry it in some kind of hog lard or, or something? Or would you rather take it the way God has it? 
Just reach up by faith and say, Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I claim, Lord, I believe in you. Place within me the food, the strength, the faith that I need. Watch and see what happens. With a sincere heart, he'll satisfy ever hunger. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, it is a paradox to see how you acted in Samson. It is a paradox, Lord, to see even the works that were accomplished even in our age through your mighty prophet, Brother William Branham. But we know, Lord, that when we realize that it's all you performing the same things, everything becomes clear. So help us, Lord, to move lock and step and lock and step and key with your spirit and to be led by it. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. I'm looking for a paradox in me And I believe I'll see it in this jubilee in the midst of your great need the god of paradox you must believe he will open up your heaven pouring out a blessing trust and obey and you will see that the paradox you're expecting in this jubilee is a paradox of you and me. I'm looking for a paradox in me, and I believe I have seen it in this jubilee. Stand obey and we have seen That the paradox we're expecting In this jubilee Is the paradox in you and me Oh, we're looking for a paradox In this jubilee I have seen it in you and me. Yes, in the midst of our great need. Yes, the God of paradox. Yes, we have seen. Yes, He.
We trust and obey and yes, we have seen That the paradox we're expecting In this jubilee Is the paradox in you and me We're looking for a paradox in me, you and me, and I believe we have seen it in this jubilee. We were in the midst of a great need, and the God of paradox, yes, we have seen. Stand, obey, and you will see That the paradox you're expecting In your jubilee Is the paradox in you and me